Welcome to the latest edition of First Day Copites Podcast. Delighted to have uh, a full house this week. Uh, we have Justin from New York, Hytham from Chicago, Daz from Baltimore, and Sean and I from little old Delaware, First State. Um, uh, some, again, sharing some nice t-shirts, one of which was shared with us by Daz, our First Day Copites um, t-shirt. Anyway, um, this week we're gonna do something slightly different. Um, Liverpool did win today. They beat Sheffield United two goals to nil. Sean may be appearing and disappearing, as depending on what's going on. <laughs> Sorry, I have little Zoom issues here. I didn't update on Friday. Yeah, if you listen to this in audio, just ignore <laughs> that kind of segment, uh, which Zoom, most people are on now, right? So if you haven't subscribed, please do. We're on all of the, I, I can confirm we're on Spotify because I just got Spotify for the first time this last week. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts and all sorts of other platforms. So please subscribe. Um, we are going to do a little bit of like here in the moments, like one thing we want to talk about from this week, which could be Liverpool beating Sheffield United 2-0 with two um, um, inexperienced, let's say, centre-backs. Uh, and then we're going to do uh, like hopefully what's going to be a lot of fun. We are going to plan our next trip to Liverpool. Um, so in the course of the pandemic, we've had a lot of conversations kind of offline about when that would be and what we would do. So we're going to explore it here kind of in the moment. Till we get to that, I'm going to do a once around on one random thing from this week that you'd really like to reflect on. Um, and because I can see you first, Justin, I am going to go to you. Well, I think that, you know, let's, let's rip the cat out of the bag immediately. Um, it's been a real bad week for refereeing in the uh, Premier League. Uh, in particular, Lee Mason has had a, a real stinker with his ruling that Lewis Dunk can take a free kick and then, you know, blowing a whistle again, basically blowing it dead, having a goal scored. And, uh, you know, in, in the ether, it costs Brighton a point, although missing two penalties is also, is not really going to soften anybody's feelings on that, but it's just kind of a shambles. And it's, it's real bad that it also comes at the point in time where they're having the attempt to try to clap for all the referees off of another mistake that Lee Mason made is and with threats lodged at him. And I kind of feel for him a little bit because I don't think anybody deserves that. Yeah. But they just, and then you also have the incident in the United Chelsea game uh, and you have Solskjaer's comments after that match as well. Um, they've, uh, they've really dug themselves into a deep hole where they're trying to avoid any form of accountability. So as people who regularly listen to this will know, I don't watch United matches. So what happened in the United match? <laughs> so um, Calum Hudson-Odoi has his hand way up. You know, it's not necessarily over his shoulder, yeah. but he handles the ball in his own area. And, uh, you yeah. know, it goes to a VAR review. It's not, it's ruled, it's ruled not a handball. Um, I think that you're stretching the rule because his hand is very much in, a, in not in a natural position. Granted, he's trying to jockey for position and trying to get his shoulder there. But still, nonetheless, he's handling the ball in the box, and it'll and it, and it creates a situation where, you know, Hudson Adoy is able to get position, win the ball, and you know, I, I'm not going to cry any tears for United, but it's just there's such a lack of consistency with how they're applying every rule at this point that yeah. it, it just feels like they're making it up as they go. Yeah. I, did, I did see the moment where Harry Maguire mugged somebody in the game last week, and it's like that's surely an offense on the street, never mind in the football field, but. Um, so yes, it's, it's a mess. I don't have a lot of energy for it, but one thing I will, and, and feel free to chime in anyone. One thing I will go to is I think today we saw the perfect John Moss performance where he like 
extended himself as far as he could um, and kept calling fouls and having disruptions in the play so he could catch his breath before any more continued. Uh, I literally counted five minutes in the first half where Sheffield United took throw-ins and corners and, and goal kicks um, that were like choked off. And then suddenly we have no added time. So not, not at, only that, I'm pretty sure he blew the whistle before 45 minutes. It's like he couldn't get, he couldn't wait to get off the pitch. Well, didn't want I, anyone was, to think of saying two minutes to go. We're like, oh shit. <laughs> well, there's the whole, that whole deflated ball thing where he, and he was sprinting back and forth for that. And then if you, like I, I uh, mentioned in our chat, um, right after that, he called a foul on Trent all the way over on the sideline that I thought was iffy. Mm-hmm. And, and he had to have been 40 yards from the play. Yeah. He was nowhere near. He, he was he was worn out from all the running for the deflated ball. It's just, you know, it's just a joke, you know, at this point. But John Moss doesn't do sidelines. I think that's <laughs> yeah. Moss by name, Moss by nature. Actually, Moss might actually grow quicker than John Moss moves. It's actually interesting. I was I listened to this uh zonal marking podcast, not to get too off off base here, but uh it was based on an, an article on the athletic, I guess earlier this month that I want to read that was on running stats and i guess they had class you know they've classified six different areas of running from like walking to jogging to to you know fast running to sprinting and i was thinking to myself like how how <laughs> how many of the top three did john moss do in this match you know it was mostly walking and slow jogging from what i could tell but exhausted let's blow the whistle for something yeah. imagine foul by trends it's funny you there, mentioned I, like the, the ball being deflated because as soon as that happened i was like this feels like this is a ploy it feels like they're actually trying to wear out the referee <laughs> <laughs> well has there ever been a point watching a match that john moss has refereed where you're like yeah this man really belongs on the field with <laughs> the fittest professional athletes on the planet yeah. wasn't he a pe teacher James Milner's PE teacher, right? That's an yeah. embarrassment. It is. But so, but, you know, the other thing that's funny is you think about how much he has to run to referee all these matches, and he's still that fat, right? I mean, like, he's got to be, what has he got to be eating all week? I don't know. Again, I, 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 I got to not talk because I'm horribly out of shape. But, you know, again, I'm not refereeing Premier League soccer matches. So, so that was clearly a big topic. Um, thank you, Justin. <laughs> uh, how did Lee Mason get off so lightly? <laughs> No, no idea. In all conversations, it's one of those things where you feel. I, I kind of feel for Lee Mason at this point, right? Because, like, at at some point, you have to accept the fact that even though the premise of refereeing in this is, is so bad, that I almost can't feel badly for the individual referees because there's nothing to hold the entire system to account. Yep. Yeah. I do have a question though. Where was Michael Oliver this weekend? I didn't watch a lot of. He, he did. He did the uh, United Chelsea match. Oh, he did. Okay. Okay. All right. Allegedly, I heard. No, but, no, uh, no. Uh, he, he was. He was. Uh, I'm trying to remember. It was yesterday. Um, but which match? I forgot. Um, maybe the City match. Uh, the United Chelsea match. It wasn't Oliver. I don't know. I. It's, we shouldn't it's know like, who any of you are. Well. So <laughs> yeah, right. uh, okay, yeah. I, I'm good learning well. them so much more than I ever have, you know, this year, just because the standard is plummeting. But well, wasn't Lee Mason the, the our ref, the referee for the Leicester City game, and uh, Madison came out and said like he didn't have a clue for, yeah. he, like he was clueless about the the foul outside the box. I can't remember if that was Lee Mason or Anthony Taylor. 
Uh, Anthony Taylor oh, sounds. What's the boldness? Cool. The boldness always throws me off because you just have like the balds and yeah. then the hairs, <laughs> and the balds are like really hard to tell apart. And they're from they're Manchester. Kind of, like, ubiquitous baldies. <laughs> That's a good topic to start. How, how about I move us along slightly so we can get to our like trip to Liverpool? Because I feel like that's you know going to be a safe, nice place to be. Um, Hytham, you have one thing from the week. I actually have two things. I'm not going to uh, speak about them a lot. Um, number one, um, Mane's form is... Uh, it's not his form, actually. His, his form is okay because he's running... Well, it, it's the form, I guess. Um Maybe his stamina is okay, but his form is iffy. Uh, but the one thing that I noticed is his touch is just, I don't know what happened to it. Um, it just seems like out of 10 touches, only two are fine. Um, not sure what, what what's going on there. Um, I hope he regains it soon um, because it's, it's just uh, worrying. Uh, the second thing is... Um, I think it's time for us to hire uh, a goal placement coach or something. Because uh, it, it just, I don't know, this season, it, it seems like every goalie uh, that plays against us, you know, comes off as the best goalie in the world. Um, and, and, and it's kind of disheartening. Um, I mean, even Bobby's goal or, or you know, uh, the own goal uh, based on Bobby's shot, that was going off out. Um, and, and the fact that it um, hitting the defender actually made it a non goal. Um, but I'm just, I'm not sure. And, and maybe that's just how it is, how it's been. And, and we got lucky in the past. But I just look at, you know, I was even watching the highlights from the inner um, match, inner Milan, and, 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 and Lukaku was just crazy. Although, all the rejects from the Premier League are, are, are shining, you know, in Serie A and Bundesliga. And, um, but I just, I, I wish one of our front three um, is, it has that goal touch, you know. It's just like, it's, it's not a, an anomaly if they score. Um, but it, it's, you know, the, uh, the norm, basically. And if they miss, that's, that's, then something is wrong. Um, and it hasn't been that way this season. Yeah, I thought I thought they did all look quite sharp today, though in their own way. I mean, I think like Bobby missed a couple of things in the first half, and I was thinking of Daz's text and James Pierce's article. But um, if I if I can take it all told, if that's the performance going to throw in every week, that wasn't the worst that that I've seen from the front three. Uh, we were playing Sheffield United. <laughs> oh, good, good point. Yes. Yeah. Well, Sheffield United are not that bad defensively, teams. though. They're not that bad defensively. It's their attack that's useless. No. So. Yeah. It, it feels like there's no actual, like, with Mane right now, it just feels like there's never any times that he gets into a good shooting position. Like, Salah, if you shut down Salah right now, like, Bobby gets into good shooting positions, blows him. Mane just doesn't get into shooting positions anymore. Salah's the only, like, if you if you take Salah out of the game, it feels like you completely silence us. Yeah. I think that Mane's very much of a, it's, it's kind of, it's a cumulative effect, I feel. Like, my dad would always say that once a, once a striker gets into his own head, it's tough to get out back out of it. And I, you can see that a lot of our guys are just playing tight. Like, they're, 
they're snapping at shots of, like instead of just stroking them they're snatching at them um it's i think it's it, a lot of it's got to do with confidence and with Mane specifically like if you he goes through slumps like this when he's hot he's he's just a fuego but when he's not he just he kind of falls back into himself and you can usually find you can usually see within the first five to seven minutes of any match which version of Mane you're going to get it's the same as bobby yeah. and it's almost like he plays himself into that position. So if his first touch is terrible, like Hytham was saying, he'll, he, he tends to kind of try to overcorrect for the next one and he'll step on it or he'll, he'll go over it. Um, today, I think the way that we played yeah, suited him a little bit better. If You can see from the beginning, we were trying to put a lot of balls over the top to try to uh, utilize our speed. Because let's face it, I think Phil Jagielka could probably get measured on a calendar over 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 a hundred yards at this point. Uh-huh. He's the oldest guy in the in the pit, uh, in, in the EPL right now. Um, but, but anyway, back to Mane. He just he just it just feels like when if if he like to 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 Hytham's point, if 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 he manages to get his head back on straight, I think that he will uh, he'll he'll probably come right. And and Justin, you're right. I, I just think it's part of it is because he's. He's so not. He's he's just not on song right now. That he's that he's kind of, for the lack of a better expression, short dicking it. Like he's he's not making that extra like that little darting run that he could. Or when he gets there, he's not committing to it as much as he did, as much as he, he used to. And uh, part, like what was the? It was against um, Burnley, I believe, where he, the ball was cut back, and he was about but what eight nine yards out, and he just and he he almost kicked it out of the stadium. Um, it's. He just he doesn't look like he's fully committed to stuff, and I think that that's with Mane. If he's not, you, you'll see you, you don't. Well, no, I guess with anyone, you don't need to get one hundred percent. You can see it, but with him, it's he's very much like a, a touch kind of guy. And if you if you can get the if you can get his confidence up in the first five to seven minutes, you'll you'll he'll be lights out for the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah. One apology I need to make though is on a previous episode, I may have said that Ramsdale was the reason that Sheffield United were going to get relegated. And he was like a real downgrade from Henderson last season. What apparently turns out today was his best performance of the, of the year, uh, which I, I, I take all responsibility for. So. Oh, I mean, I've I, 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 my entire life. That's that every goalkeeper that steps, steps between the pipes turns into like to Pete De Gea. It's, it's look at, uh, look at what's his face. Jordan Pickford last week. He's absolute hot shit. Yeah. yeah. And yes, and, and he was hot shit last week. He was the hottest of the shit last week. Yeah. yeah. You know, though, I think Heitzem has a point, though, about uh, shot placement. Because if you look at some of the chances we get, it's not just also the placement, it's where they're taken from. Like, I thought Trent walloped his shot into a, into a place that he probably would score if he's able to get just two or three more yards in field. Instead, he's shooting at an angle that's extremely favorable to Ramsdale to just be able to just tip it wide. Same thing with Salah. When we get him, you know, in on his right foot when he's coming in, there's not a ton of the goal for him to shoot at. Like we're not, we're just not getting our final movement to the guys who ostensibly should be finishing in particular in places where they have a good look at goal. Thankfully that changed for, for Curtis Jones because he actually got a cutback to a spot where he had a lot of net to aim at. And he basically was able to just pass it right into the bottom corner, which is something that we just haven't had in our attacks for quite some time. Mm Mm-hmm. You look at something like Bobby's that Bobby the attempt that Bobby had where he took the touch and he tried to pull it back for someone to knock it in. Like if if Bobby's yeah. if Bobby's feeling comfortable and confident, he wallops that with his left foot first yeah. time, and it's and there's no chance of, Ram, of Ramsdale getting to that ball at all. So I again, so. and I think a lot of them they, they kind of second guess themselves. They're taking the extra touch. 
they're worried about what they're like, how it's, they're just playing tight. It, it's when is, when they're, if they're playing confident and loose, they just, they'll, they'll put up, they'll put the laces through that ball and, and, and they'll put it in the bottom corner. Whereas now it just feels like it's a little, they're hesitating a little bit because they're second guessing themselves, which they weren't doing this time last year. Yeah. So Haytham, your, your, your short topic has turned into something a bit longer. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I do have one last thing I quickly want to add though. Don't look at the behind the net view of that Bobby chance where he ba- where he passed it. Don't do it. It's just gonna drive you crazy. I did. And okay. I did too. Yeah, my, just... my daughter my daughter is learning, she has a whole new vocabulary, most of with which ends in twat. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're putting explicit content on this week. That's good to know. So. Is that a bad word? <laughs> Not in my house. <laughs> Apologies, check- everyone. There's a checkbox on Anchor, but just, it's good. Um, so, uh, Daz, one short thing from this week, um, and then we'll uh, hopefully get to our trip to Liverpool that we're planning. Um, I just want to send condolences to, to Alison Becker and his and his family that it's it's got to be a horrible time for him considering how close he was to his father and how untimely he seemed to be ripped from this earth so it's just um, my heart my heart breaks for him you can only imagine what he's going through yeah yeah hard to know what anyone else's experience is but I'm sure if, you know we've all lost someone really close to us and uh wow, that doesn't seem kind of right that he's not, because I don't think he's allowed to travel to Brazil. I think that's, is that what I'm understanding? I think he could go, but if he comes back, he has to quarantine for 10 days, I think. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And the club, apparently what the club said, you need you need to do what you need to do. And yeah. so they've they've given him, from what, I'm, from what I've read, it's like he's, they said, it's up to you. If you want to go, we support you 100%. Love that. Sean, final word. Are you going to talk about James Balaghese? Is that what we called him? Or, or do you have another topic? Whatever. I, I, I just wanted to mention that I thought that the performance today was was very, very good. Um, I feel like we're our, from a performance perspective, I think we're continuing to kind of slowly get better. Um, it's not showing up in the results, I think largely because we're not finishing and we're not getting the final ball right. But, um, you know, again, it was Sheffield United, but that was the highest XG we've, we've had in a game since November. Um, All right, Hytham so, uh, said he was going to leave the call if you mentioned XG. <laughs> it just means the quality of the chances that we got were the best since November. So, um, you know, we're just not finishing still. But, um, you know, but I, I, I just thought it was it – was, uh, good performance all, all around. Um, and, you know, I second Daz's comment on Ali. Uh, obviously, it's, you know, it's it's hard to, to know what to say, you know, on top of everything else this season to have something like that happen. Um, and it's, it's interesting to see, you know, the uh, team's reaction this week, um, you know, kind of coming out and playing that way. Um, you know, and, you know, in terms of, of, uh, I can't pronounce our, our youngsters' names, but just just um Alvielli? You know, well there's Harvielli, yeah. I can pronounce That's that joking. I think uh yeah, but so it, you know, it's just uh I, I, there's been a lot of uh 
a lot of good discussion. A lot of a lot of people talking about what great talent we have on our under 18s recently. And, um, you know, for, for another day, we could think about um, discussing it. It does seem to be, I don't know if it's more of a focus, but it seems to be more of a focus recently that the club is, is trying to get those top, top talents that are very, very young, um, you know, kind of in the whatever 14 to 17 age range, almost. I don't know if that's, that's, necessarily a new thing or strategic but it seems like you know we're getting we're getting a lot of them recently so um i think that's a good trend to see so justin i think you know you've been following this a little more than most of us about the um kind of the academy and and, and who is in the academy right now who we should be looking out for i mean obviously kate gordon who we just signed um harvey elliott while not an academy player obviously is tearing up the championship and is one of the best Five crew, one of the best five creative players in the championship at the age of 17. Um, James Bellagizzi is a player we signed from Manchester, who we lured away from Manchester City, who plays as a midfielder. He, he is definitely on the more attacking side of the midfield, but is a central midfielder. He's one who we, uh, you know, are looking to, uh, to move forward. Apparently, there's a big coup with him. Um, there was also a Polish player who recently was just injured. Uh, I, think, I can't pronounce his last name, but uh, he's an attacker, um, an incredible dribbler. Um, and then you also have, uh, you know, Paul Glatzel still kicking around, who is a very, you know, attacker who hopefully we can make a step forward. You have Leighton Clark, who's actually made the bench a few times uh, this season. So, you know, there's, there's definitely talent there that uh, seems to be close to making that next step up. But I think also if you look at some of the younger players that are actually just making the senior squad, uh, you, you, you'd have to wonder, like, you know, what, what would Nico Williams or – uh, really kind of Nico Williams or Reese Williams be doing if they were actually just, you know, able to contribute to the youth squads as well. And if, you know, getting reps that are an age appropriate and closer to age appropriate level might, uh, you know, help build their confidence. Cause I think mm-hmm. part of it, when you're trying to get into like break into one of the best sides in the world, you need to be the best player at your age group going through the, you know, the youth levels and the under 18s and the younger tw- under 23s getting forced really, really young into the first team can crush a lot of players. So it's really important that we do manage that transition. Yeah. I mean, it's not only just promoting those players. Um, You know, I think it's also about, um, you know, the fact that we're kind of building value and almost building a culture by, you know, building a better use system. Um, You know, it's just, I think it's a good thing to see because the more of those players we can bring up, I think it's better over time. So I'm going to pivot um, quite dramatically, but I think there might be a link because all these players are playing at Kirby now. Don't know if any of you guys know where Kirby is, <laughs> um, but I, I I I can help educate you on that point. It's not one of my favorite more. Nintendo games. Does that count? What's that? <laughs> one of my favorite Nintendo games. Does that count? <laughs> so that's completely lost on me. Uh, I, I should check that with my phone. Um. So we're going to switch then to talk about our 2021 trip, imaginary 2021 trip to Liverpool. Um, when the crowds are back, we can hopefully get all get tickets. We'll all be there at the same time. Um, I'm going to go ground a couple of times at least. Um, maybe I'll start in a different direction than I did previously. And I, I'm going to start with the question of what would be your ideal time to visit what game would you choose ideally? Let's start with that. 
I'm going to go to Daz first because I know you're, you've been to Anfield a lot of times. So where we would stay, it's called the Richmond Apart Hotel. It's in Hatton Garden, so it's a little bit outside of the downtown area, uh, up by uh, up by by the, the university, and it's it's a, it's a, one of those stay apart hotels. So it's got like a little kitchenette area that you can cook your own food in. It's they tried to they tried to renovate it recently, and we still had a leak under the sink, but it's it, I've always always had like good memories of it. Um, and you can cram about 450 people into a room. So if you're looking to budget and you like the people that you're going with, um, yeah, it's, it's, a good, it's, it's, a good, it's a good option. And uh, we've always kind of stag-dude it when we, when we go. So there's a bunch of us and, and, and it was, it's, a great, it's, it's just a great place to go. Now, in terms of the game that I'd want to go to, I'd want to get into a, a time machine and go back to us playing Norwich in the peak Suarez years and just watching <laughs> Lash, Lash, another hat trick in. That wasn't in the rules. Come on. <laughs> you didn't mention rules. <laughs> it's my time machine. Liz, I, didn't know this podcast. I didn't know this was also like a, a time machine into John Ruddy's nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think every night he goes to sleep, that's, that's, that's pretty much it's Luis Suarez running, running roughshod over him, probably wellying his car off the road. Is he still backup goalie at Wolves? That's not a question. Let's move on. Um, so, if you had to move forward in time, and we were planning our next trip, where, where, who, who would that be against? I guess Norwich are probably going to be back in the Premier League. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I see, I can play it both ways. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now all we have to do is get Luis Suarez back in and just put him in for that match. We could probably get him on the cheap from Atletico Madrid. Watch him bite a few people. I'm, I'm, dude, he's, he's full value for money, man. He's full value for money. A hat trick, then a little nibble on somebody, and I'm back to the Richmond apart arms and drinks for everybody. So it's weird because in my mind, Suarez is nowhere near my um, like love for Mane, Firmino and Salah, no matter what happens next. Because you've seen them lift trophies. Yeah, yeah. And also, he, none of those guys have left you like, you know, in the lurch. I, I, if we, you know, I, I feel like uh, this is totally a thought of business. I feel like if Suarez had left and the money that was used to, uh, the, the money that was used that was generated from him wasn't splurged onto so many players who didn't work out. His reputation would, I think would be slightly different. Maybe. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a fair point. But we don't need to indulge that conversation any further. No, no. So we're in 2021. Cause I'm thinking that's when we're going. Uh, and I'm going to be leading now because I don't want to go back to Suarez Nor- Norwich because then I'd have to suffer three years of like nothing, like the oh, Rogers yeah. 2015 season. Time machine. <laughs> I can go wherever the hell I want. So we're in 2021. Justin's got a memorable birthday coming up. I turned 40 in January. <laughs> I would like, I, one of the things that I would like is I would like to, you know, I turned right at the beginning of January. So it was right around the New Year's Day game. I would like to go to, you know, January, you know, by Jan- my birthday is January third. So the closest game we could fi- that I could find is January third, twenty twenty two. I would like to go. 
usually that's around the, all, either a league game or usually then the first weekend that the Premier League is in the FA Cup. So, you know, I, I feel like uh, getting a, a crew of lar- a large crew of people is usually easier to coordinate for something like the FA Cup. That said, there is the one problem that you do face with uh, Liverpool in January. It's cold and there's nothing that blocks wind between Anfield and the Irish Sea. <laughs> well, it could be worse. It could be on Bramley Dock, which has absolutely got nothing blocking it. Just looking oh, for yeah. a little bit. So. so, sorry, bit of reference there. Bramley Dock, where Everton are going to be. That's, yeah, that's their, that's, yeah, that's the Everton ground. Yeah, that, that's got to be a... Anyway, yes. Could we, could we but also January, some, some lower league teams, like maybe go watch Rovers? Or... Oh, that's the next round of questions. When right now we're fixing on who are Liverpool playing and when would we like to go. So just... At this exact moment in time, it does not matter to me who they play, mm-hmm. just that I can go back to Anfield at some point soon. Oh, that's, really, that's really it. We, 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 could, we could play against anybody and I'll be like perfectly happy just to be there. Totally get it. Totally get it. L- the last game I was at, uh, I've probably mentioned this 44 times on different podcasts, was the Watford game where we won 2-0. And it was a 12.30 kickoff. And 7.30, obviously, if you're watching in the US. And it was like, it felt like, ugh, this is not great. Now, why did I come for this one? But it turns out it was the last game I saw. And now it feels like, yeah, I don't mind if we're playing Watford whenever I go next, just as long as I can be there. So... So, Hytham, what do you think? Um, preferences about who we play, when you'd like to go? Obviously, we're going in January now because Justin's invited us, but when would you <laughs> preferably want to go? So, I'd love to support Justin's uh, birthday uh, on the trip, but again, like what he was talking about, uh, I just mm-hmm. I would love for it to not be that cold. So, beginning of the season, maybe the third match, um, you know, give them two matches to just kick in a little bit, you know, uh, after the preseason. And I would love to watch them play a team from the bottom, your typical, any team outside the, the, uh, the you know, typical uh, top six. Arsenal? Wow. Uh, outside, outside, <laughs> outside this. So Arsenal. Not, not Arsenal, not Tottenham. Chelsea. I mean, the last game I went to was Burnley. Would that suffice? No, not them. (laughs) (laughs) Any team but that one. (laughs) If they have, if they have more diversity in their team, maybe. But no, no, sorry. (laughs) Bad joke. Maybe Sean Dyche will eat some worms for you. Yeah, (laughs) but yeah, I think you know, just you know, August, early fall um, would suffice to, and any team outside the conventional top six. Off in Burnley, yeah, and 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 uh, <laughs> out, yeah, other than Burnley, and then <laughs> uh, hopefully all uh, you know the stadium is full, basically not n- none of the two thousand you know four thousand max and all of that stuff. Just uh, I, I want to experience a full stadium. I've never, um, I think I told you guys before, I've never been to Anfield. Uh, the many times I've been to England, the UK. Um, out of all those times, I, I, I just haven't had the chance to make it to Anfield. So this is going to be my first trip there and looking forward to it. Turns out it's going to be January then. <laughs> <laughs> and probably against Burnley. 
because <laughs> we haven't seen the fixtures, right? I, I, the, the, the last match I went to there was uh, March of 2019 against Burnley in a game in which we got five different, like, we got all sun, hail, snow, rain, and torrential wind through the entire time. Uh, I don't know if anybody's remembered. It was the, the, the 4-2 win where we just ran through them. But uh, there was the early, they, they scored an early goal on a corner where Allison was clearly fouled. Backing into Allison. Yep. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, I remember, I remember yeah. That. With yeah. anal, we remember all of that, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, that was not a terrible match to go watch, uh, you know, watch us play against Burnley. Also fun because of the fact, you know, you can uh, do certain things. That, it, it, was, it was a Saturday, uh, it was a Sunday, 12.30 kickoff. So I did get a, uh, a reasonable night out the night before and uh, mm-hmm. r- highly recommend, uh, you know, Liverpool as a city to go out and uh, drink in because it's uh, good for that. Weekend match, by the way. Um, oh. not a, yeah, not, not yeah. a midweek match. No, Jesus, all these match. rules. <laughs> my first time. My first preferences, time. Guys, preferences. You, you, if you're over your first time, you'd pass up a, a famous Anfield European Tuesday or Wednesday night. Wow. That'll, be, that'll be the next time. But oh. I just want to yep. see a, a PL match first. I was actually in the main stand to watch us beat. Who was it? Uh, the Russian team that we beat seven. Spartak Moscow. Moscow. Yeah. Right. yeah. Next right. to my wee fella and watch that. <laughs> it was worth it. So, yeah, yeah, Itham, yeah. I'm just saying, because consider yeah. it. But, so, so my only caution is I saw the first leg of the Bayern-Liverpool game in 20, I guess that's 2019. It was 0-0. Um, that wasn't the most exciting match. It was like trying to persuade ourselves that nil-nil was a good result. Turns out. Oh good. yeah, right. that that was that was the match where we couldn't get the ball off Tiago the whole time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Well, we also had Van Dijk was suspended, so yeah. generally we were very cautious anyway. And they yeah. came back for the second leg, and the rest, as they say, was history. So yeah. yeah. So part of all, all of this thinking, by the way, just real quick. Uh, so. I think I mentioned it to you guys. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make this uh, uh, trip, you know, or speaking it into existence. And, and based on our form nowadays, I'm just, I'm not sure we're going to have any European matches next season. So just say, just say, just say, I was trying to be realistic. Where's the unsubscribe button? <laughs> <laughs> so but now we've got Gaza's time machine yeah. and we are back in Europe. Um, yeah. So, so, um, we, we never can, left. My time machine's going back in time. <laughs> we can talk about time of year and all of that stuff, but let's, let's morph also into um, what kind of things would you want to have happen on the day that you're there? And again, I know you've been there, Daz. I'm thinking about post-match, pre-match rituals that kind of make it even more special. For me? For um, we, I, every time I've gone to Anfield, I've always walked back. Um, the first time was because I couldn't get a bloody cab. And the second time and, and subsequent times is because it's because it's just, a, I enjoyed the good stretch of the legs. Cause usually beforehand there was during there was, <laughs> and then it's a good time to kind of get the fuzz out before you go and do more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, I've always walked and it's like, it's, I've managed to talk everyone that's, that's in the group to do it with me. Suckers. So <laughs> it's just a, it's, it's, I, I love walking back from the stadium into, into town. 
So yeah. that was, uh, so I think I gave away pretty much what the pre-match ritual was, the during match ritual, and then the post-match ritual is is a walk. So it, it's, a, it's so I, I, obviously I'm from Liverpool, but I'm not very good at mileage. It's, it's, it's about two miles to the city center. Yeah. Um, so, so my, by the way, my after match thing is to find, is to go to a bar, which is really not that far from the ground, which is mm. not very full generally and get a couple of pints of Guinness and then you can get any transport back into the city. So, you know, reach out to me if you need any more information on that. Uh, what about the Guinness? Guinness always plays a part. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I've really enjoyed actually, um, uh, is is the fact that they've got the, um, the, the the stations behind the stadium now where you can get drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, the fan parks, that's what they call yes. them, right? Which is so different from watching like football when I was growing up. Um, like they would try to keep like beer as far away from the stadium as possible. Um, well, I had to call for a badge. I, have, I usually try and make it to, 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 that, to that little shop before, uh, before kickoff. Oh, just to go that, and see and say that is a big question for me, which I was going to ask everybody, which is what's the one thing you'd like to kind of go visit now that we haven't been able to visit for a long time? Because I think hats go for a badge is one of those iconic things for me. Um, yes. Walton Breck Road. Uh, yep. we, should, we should actually show a map of where we're talking about before we're done. But What's uh, the pub that's right next to it? Uh, the couple. The flat iron is the one on the corner. Right. It's, like a, it's like it's like that New York building. It's like on the corner of streets, and it's. Is that where the is that where the where the uh, the the um the contract was signed for Anfield? Is that is that is that the same? No, it wasn't that the Sandon. Was it the Sandon? Yeah, yeah. I know that there's a couple right around there. We usually go to the Farmers Arms, which is one of my mates' locals, which is like a, it's it's a little further back. So you go down Walton Breck Road, probably like. Yeah another half a kilometer and it's 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 back in almost like in a neighborhood it looks like a how and a housing tract okay i don't wow I, I thought i knew everything i have no idea where the farmer's arms is but you're going to set out a map and we're going to point out all of these things so and it's rammed so, it's always rammed last time last time i was there i also tried going to you had scar for a badge uh the day before a game and uh found out the limitation and it's hours it's closed oh yeah. wow Yep. Oh, yeah. It's, match day. it's mostly yeah. online now, I think. You know, it's only yeah. match day it's open. Yeah. Only on match day. Yeah. So, Sean, I know you're, you're excited about your trip to Anfield, which hasn't happened mm-hmm. yet next. Mm-hmm. What are the things that you kind of want to build into that? I don't really care. I just want to go. <laughs> um, I don't really care we play. Uh, I'm with Justin actually on the January thing. That I think that timing will work well for me because my 40th birthday is in November, and uh, I don't think I'd be able to make it over there between then and the New Year. Just the way things would work out, you know, maybe. But um, the other thing I'd say is I'd, I've never been to Liverpool, never been to Anfield, never been to the UK. But I did take a trip with a bunch of friends to Ireland. God, it was like maybe 12 years ago now, and we went in January. And everybody thought we were crazy for going, but we had an amazing time because uh, we saw many pubs. So uh, that's what I would plan to do. <laughs> In addition to, I'd actually like to see Kirkby. Uh, you know, um, if we could get a, you know if you could get a tour there and, and even the stadium. But um, you know, otherwise, when when I travel places anymore, more and more, I I like to kind of just walk around, sort of see what I find, and and you know maybe you go to one destination, but try to just try to just kind of you know, experience the, the place, um, you know, more randomly kind of just see what you find. So 
Um, you know, I'd be with Daz walking back to the city where I'd be with Paul finding a, a an uncrowded uh, pub to go get some Guinness. So uh-huh. either one be good with me. Mm-hmm. Last night, anyone? No. <laughs> I was. I would like to go there with the weather better. I just. I don't. I don't know if uh, the early season one would work. So so uh, well so I have lots of questions based on what you've said, Sean. That we're going to scatter around, but the 2019, um, 2018-19 season, 2019-20 season. Oh my God! Um, what year are we in? Twenty twenty one. Um, I took my kids to the Arsenal game, which was probably our second home game, and that was probably my favorite game ever because we were awesome and Mo Salah scored a fantastic breakaway goal, which uh-huh. um, he tends to do if he's allowed. Um, and it, it was a like because it's Northern Europe, it was light. Like the game was, I think, a five thirty kickoff, and it was yep. still light by the time we got back to our hotel in the, in the city center. Um, yeah. So, so I, 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 for me, that has a lot of attractions. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, next time I travel to Ireland, probably be with my family. We won't be going in January. Uh, probably be going in the summertime. So, because you're not looking for all the pubs. So maybe we should do maybe we should do pubs, locations, and restaurants that you've yeah. heard about that you want to visit that you've been to that you'd recommend. Let's do that as our final, maybe our final kind of round of things. Uh, I know you and I just talked about. Well, you you were advocating visiting the urinals at the Philharmonic Pub. Which I love the Philharmonic Pub. Not been there, but if you've been there it makes perfect sense it's just the philharmonic pub is a pub that's right across the street from the liverpool philharmonic hence its uh name but uh it is a large old school pub you know cascales that are you know the cascales pumped out which to me is always a thing that i enjoy is actually like a warm english bitter I, i i don't know why but i think it's actually just one of the finer beers a man can have but the Philharmonic is just a fantastic place to drink. Um, the urinal, I mean, I'm not going to describe a urinal on a podcast, but it's just, you know, I, I just think that... Grand, it's very grandiose. They are fantastic. Yeah. I could, but I actually gloss up the whole part if you... Yeah. If you <laughs> but I will say that, like, I will say that you do owe it to yourself to drink enough there um, to to use the restrooms, because they are, you know, they're, they're, they're real, like, 19th century uh, splendor is, is the way. But and there's also just the huge back room where you can find just a, a, a really, really good table to sit at. And it's just the type of place, the type of place that feels like you can uh, spend a lot of time. Plus also uh, it fulfills my one thing that I enjoy with uh, going out for any drinking establishment in Liverpool, which is that it's not in Liverpool one. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting bias. Should just say, if you've seen the James Corden show with Paul McCartney, where he mm-hmm. does that drive around thing, the show that they end up doing is at that, bar that you described or the space you describe at the end of the bar which has a lot of space a lot of area to maneuver around in so um how did i manage to do james corden paul mccartney in one sentence mm. so Hytham, i know you've not been yet but what is it that you would have called out as like that's a place i have to go to obviously liverpool one could be on the list just to antagonize justin but uh i'm not sure what it's called, but the venue where they typically have boss night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah That'd be cool. I'd like to go there. Uh-huh. Um, do you know what it's called, Paul? I think they do it in a, a couple of places, but... So, so I think it's in what, what's called the... Uh, oh, this is bad. I've not done my research. The Baltic... 
area. There's like a pub down, there's a Baltic something pub down in that area and around there, there's a lot of stuff that's grown up. That when I was when I lived in Liverpool, that was not an area you generally hung out in for any reason. But now it's become very hipster. Yeah, it's actually really it's a really nice. They've got some good good uh, good restaurants out there. Last time I was out there with my brothers and my son, we stopped and we stopped down that area. Yeah, that sounds cool. Can we uh, do we know when the boss nights are going to be ahead of time? <laughs> I think it's typically uh, is it after uh, the night before or after the match? I, I can't remember, but it's, yeah. it seems like it's it's. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone should have done some research on this show to figure that out. Well, we could probably just call <laughs> just talk to the Rat Boys. They'll probably have something for us. Yeah, I'm sure they will. By the way, the pub is the Baltic Fleet. That's like yeah. the cornerstone of that neighborhood, um, which is another great pub that everyone should visit. But yeah, uh, Tia is good to go to as well. The Tia Hotel. Uh huh. That's that's a nice little nice little vibe. It's not too far from the stadium. Um, Last time I was there it was with, with my brothers. Uh, after the match, we actually sat with Bruce Rubble and had a couple of pints. Oh wow! Uh, and and Teggy's got the um, the old like a, a European Cup um, replica. So we got photos with us and Bruce and 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 at, at the at, at the tier. So it's an actual hotel. It's a small one. It's got a nice little bar in the downstairs area and like almost like a beer garden area, like right outside the the kind of the enclosed bar area. And they have like a little soccer field down at the bottom. So if you bring your kids, they they, they can welly it around for a little bit. And they just kind of get on with it. It's kind of dangerous because you can fall down the side. There's some steps down the side. Mm-hmm. So kind of chameleon, like one eye on your beer and one eye on your kid. Like they try to end themselves. So a couple of things. January is not, probably not the best time to do all that stuff in hotels here. Just because of the rain and the weather and the wind. We didn't learn November. Okay. <laughs> the other thing is it backs into stanley park that which stanley park is famous for like separating anfield from goodison park home of those other people um so well there was one yeah. thing that i did want to see happen was uh jordan pickford get swallowed up by, by, by uh, into the sea by by stanley park if if they actually build that stadium <laughs> it's actually gonna be really interesting if they build that it's gonna be interesting if they build that stadium because it'll also be the first hit like for the first time since the 1890s that Everton and Liverpool haven't been like half a mile apart. Because mm-hmm. you'd be, a, you know, if everybody hasn't been, if you drive out or walk out of Anfield, you come across Goodison incredibly quickly. You can see Goodison from the main stand. Uh, you kind of get a sense of just exactly how small the area around the stadium is and how close Everton and Liverpool really are. And it, it, it actually feeds into understanding the rivalry a bit better. And just to be clear, Justin, you look down upon Goodison from Anfield. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you look down upon Goodison from just, Anfield. Just to be you clear. can see Good, Goodison is very, very far down from the main stand, which is gargantuan. Yes, yes. Okay. okay. Um, Neptune is a Reds fan, and as soon as they build that stadium... <laughs> Either Kraken takes it out or a giant wave or so I, I have a ton of conspiracy theories, which are not QAnon based, just to be clear. But but one of them is like, I don't, so so I, I've said this on other podcasts, but I don't understand why they would build a stadium on the docks because I worked down there for many years, um, well, maybe five. And on a windy day, you can't even stand up. The wind is so strong off the Irish Sea. So I'm, I'm really struggling to understand how that's going to work for them in the long term. Anyway, 
Uh, maybe they won't play in January, February, or March, and they'll be fine. <laughs> they even really play. <laughs> it's going to screw up the long ball, though. It really is. It's like, yeah, Everton's going to have to, you know, maybe try to develop a, a, a pass and move playing style, <laughs> bring it back to how they were uh, prior to the Premier League becoming a, a sporting institution. Ah, you're talking about the School of Science, right? Or if you even get yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I'm thinking, though, more about, like, you know, Everton actually having to try to attack. So, so, so back in the 60s, they used to describe Everton as the school of science, which became a joke in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. <laughs> they generally weren't playing anything. Anyway, one last round. Um, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I've enjoyed this a lot. Um, you're thinking about your, uh, your trip to Liverpool. We're going to meet up. Um, one thing that you're really looking forward to that would kind of top it all off. Um, I'm going to start with Justin, just because I can see him first. Uh, it, it, I mentioned it earlier. I just want like a nice cask ale. I, I, I really love British cask ale. It's just something I want pretty badly because it's not a thing I've gotten in the last year of my life. So we should talk White Star uh, and other pubs. Well, yeah, I also really like, like, uh, the last time I was there, I went to Thomas, Risk, Ro- Thomas Rigby's and the okay. Roscoe House, which I yep. both enjoyed. Yep. Found them to be both extraordinarily pleasant places to have a beer. Oh, my goodness. I have a big list for you. Let's, let's, let's do that another time. Python, yeah. one thing. This might be uh, a little bit sentimental, but uh, singing, you'll never walk alone with the crowd. And, and just, you know, uh, I have a feeling that I'm going to have goosebumps. So that's one thing that I'm looking forward to. Okay. Are we, uh, yeah. Does. Um... Um, the Cavern Club, going down the 450 flights of stairs to one level above hell and sit next to walls as they sweat. Um, <laughs> I, 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 the last time I was there, I had a fantastic time. Um, there may or may not have been a few beverages involved, but I seem to remember there was a, a Chinese Olympic athlete that was, and they let her up on stage to come and sing with the band. Yeah. Again, I was drinking back then, so it might have been, <laughs> might have been some sort of fever dream. Or I might have licked some of the sweat from the wall. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I seem to remember there was like a, was a, a Chinese gymnast in there or, or, or some some gold medal winning Chinese athlete that was was singing with the band. It was and I had an amazing time. That feels super left field. <laughs> Sean, <laughs> last word. Uh, yeah, again, I don't really care if, if we're all if we're all together and we're someplace, you know, drinking and, and going to the match together. It doesn't really matter to me. I'll, I'll follow along with, you know, wherever we end up going. So. So I'm going to end it there, but I'm thinking like the things I'm taking away, there's tons of things I'm taking away, but White Star, definitely a a, a must visit place. Probably the Beatles hang out there and they've got their own plaques on the wall. Um, And hats go for a badge, definitely worth a visit. Um, Hey, can't believe we didn't mention the river, the docks, whatever else, but so looking forward to this trip. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Haitham, Daz, Sean. 